It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's right, folks. Just because the Panthers season's over does not mean that Locked On Panthers goes away. I'm going to be with you throughout the entirety of what is going to be an interesting, fun, and hopefully Good offseason for the Carolina Panthers here in 2023. So check out every single one of those episodes, Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to still watch the show, subscribe to the show on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. While I might not be live following any more games until preseasons here in August, I will be live anytime there's any live breaking news that goes on with the Carolina Panthers. That needs to have my immediate reaction. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube so you can check those episodes out. Now, if you don't watch on YouTube, it's okay. Shame on you in a way. But make sure you listen to the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, where every single Friday, still throughout the offseason, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players and they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Typically, at this point in the year, I am depressed because the season's over and yeah I know the last couple years haven't been great as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers but then you get to the offseason it's like oh well there's no more football got to figure out what's there to really think about exciting about this team of course the NFL does a better job than any league in America in selling hope and I'm really hoping the Carolina Panthers are going to sell us a ton of hope this offseason 
that maybe I should learn my lesson and not buy into this team too much until they actually do it on the field for once. Either way, I'm probably going to fall into the same trap we all fall into every year leading up to the season. But this year, especially, knowing that the Carolina Panthers, after following Matt Rule, turned things around to where they were 6-6 six and six and on the doorstep of the playoffs, like Steve Wilkes said, as he became the interim head coach here in Carolina. Maybe he'll become the full-time head coach. We're going to hear from Steve Wilkes, so I'm going to at least uh, react to some of the things he had to say on Monday here shortly. So there's that. They have a lot to build off of. And the thought is, if they get the quarterback right, they hire the right coach, Wilkes, and fill the pieces and holes everywhere else on the roster, this is a team in a down division in the AMC South with really no quarterback out there that you look at in Carolina, Tampa, New Orleans, or Atlanta that concerns you about they're going to take a hold of the division for the next 10, 15 years. It's not like we're looking at the AFC West with Mahomes. Like here in the NFC South, it's wide open, man. So if the Panthers get it right, they can be the team that can grab a hold of this division for the first time since 2015, but really the 13, 14, and 15 seasons when they won the division three years in a row, becoming the first team to have ever done that until the Saints right after them also won it, I think, three, four years in a row. So a vital, important offseason for the Carolina Panthers, for David Tepper, Scott Fitterer, all the fans out there, maybe even Steve Wilkes, if he becomes the full-time head coach here in Carolina. And Steve Wilkes... Stepped up to the podium on Monday during exit interviews. Uh, Wilkes talked to the media. Scott Fitter did, and a lot of the players as well. We'll hear from all those guys later on. At least I'll react to what they had to say. And he started off by thanking David Tepper for allowing him the opportunity to lead this team over the last 13 weeks, be able to do it his way, and really to get out in front of the rest of the NFL and show them what kind of leader he is. And he discussed having to deal with so many it's this year, all the issues and challenges that they had overcome and how proud he was of this group of players for responding, that they never gave up, that they showed him a great level of respect and they showed each other a great level of respect and that they never mailed it in, that they finished. And we know last week, didn't necessarily mean anything in terms of the win-loss record and you know draft positioning like the Panthers weren't going to get up that high anyways to be in position to take a quarterback without having to move up any. Um, so last Sunday, or yeah, I mean really Sunday, was not that important as far as like the, what was going to happen on the field, but it was for Steve Wilkes and the culture and the DNA that he's been able to build here in Carolina over the last 13 weeks. And he had talked about, we're going to finish. That's what men do. And that team went out there and they finished. And that just shows you how he was able to turn this team around from one and four to what he said, the doorsteps of the playoffs. And he was able to breathe some life back into this organization. And that teams and people outside of Charlotte and across the league looked at the Panthers with a certain level of respect that was not here during the 38 game tenure of Matt rule. He was able to change that perception of this team to where now we can talk ourselves into get the right quarterback, fill the holes defensively, this team can be a competitive team next year. And, of course, make sure you hire the right coach, which looks like it should be Steve Wilkes. And his message out there to the fans is, you know, in order um, for them to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish, and they need to get back to the old mantra. That was keep pounding. And that's what the Panthers, that's what Charlotte's, what we're all about, and that they kept pounding into the very end. And that's a lot to build on moving forward. And the hope is the Carolina Panthers can build on that with Steve Wilkes as the interim. I don't know what else you could have asked from this man over the last 13 weeks and 12 games. He went 500. His teams always bounce back. Outside of the loss to Atlanta and getting blown up by the Bengals, this team bounced back 
and did not have consecutive losses. They went on the road in a big game against a Seattle Seahawks team who ended up going to the playoffs thanks to the help with Detroit winning on Sunday Night Football in Green Bay after they had nothing to play for, seemingly. Losing to the Buccaneers, this team came out, and it was ugly, but they found a way to win. Walk-off fashion, Eddie Pinheiro's field goal against the Saints. And Eddie Pinheiro is one of those players who received the game ball on Sunday, and Pinheiro is someone people wanted fired, but he came back and he made 18 straight field goals to finish out the season after what happened in Atlanta, I think week seven. So a lot of credit to Eddie Pinheiro, a lot of credit to this team and everyone in that locker room for what they were able to accomplish over the last 12 games of the season. And I know it wasn't a division title. I know that it didn't mean they didn't go to the playoffs and, you know, they're kind of right there in limbo as far as they're going to do long-term as far as the draft and all that, but they didn't quit. And as I had said to y'all, if the Panthers are in the top three of the draft, we have more concerns than not having a quarterback. But because the Panthers were able to have a respectable 500 record under Steve Wilkes in the final 12 games of the season, and that they finished 7-10, and you now wonder yourself, hey, what could this team have been had Steve Wilkes been the head coach all season long? And had Baker Mayfield not been the starter and had Sam Darnold not gotten injured, what this team could have accomplished in 2022? We'll never know. But now you have to wonder what this team could accomplish in 2023 with Steve Wilkes at the helm. Now, Wilkes, of course, doesn't want to talk about himself. He doesn't want to talk about what it means to him to be a Charlotte guy, to play here, or not play here, but to be the head coach here in Carolina. He said it's not his call and that he's only concerned about the guys who are in that locker room. And he's not really giving too much as far as insight on what his day-to-day is going to be because I quite honestly would love to know what he does moving forward because he's going to interview on Tuesday, today, and then he's going to get, get away with his wife for a couple of days. But does he still come into the office and operate as the head coach or was he just interim head coach for the final 13 weeks of the regular season and now the Panthers are kind of just coachless and they just kind of figure it out from there. I have no idea how it's going to go, but I would love to see Steve Wilkes get this job. And I know yesterday – Following the game, I was not ready to say Steve should be the head coach because I wanted to kind of look at the candidate list. We do know that Jim Caldwell interviewed on Monday. Uh, there's been reports that Frank Reich, the former Colts coach, is going to interview. But Joe Person of The Athletic also reported that he's not set to interview. We'll see. I imagine all the names out there, like Shane Steichen from Philadelphia, D'Amico Ryans from the Houston Texans. Not Houston Tech, he played for the Texans, but from the San Francisco 49ers will be on the list. Uh, so will probably be Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. There's going to be other guys, other candidates. Like, we all know who they're going to be. But when I look at all those candidates, I just don't think they fit Carolina like Steve Wilkes does. And I don't think any of those guys – I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I just have a hard time believing that any of those guys in the situation that Wilkes stepped into – after week five, do what he did here in Carolina. And that's got to mean something. And I know you want to go search and find the best candidate available. Maybe C. Wilkes is not the best candidate available. It's very possible he's not. But unless Andy Reid is available, Bill Belichick is available, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, I guess he could be available. Unless one of these guys becomes available here to come to be the Carolina Panthers head coach, I think Steve Wilkes is the right guy for this job. He's certainly earned it. And I have learned in life that just because you earn something and you deserve something does not mean that you're going to get it. But I damn sure hope that this man gets this job and he can lead this team in the future and he can take this team to new heights because David Tepper promised a sustained success. Well, let's get that with Steve Wilkes. And Derek Brown said last week that they wanted to finally have stability. And Steve Wilkes can provide that stability here in Carolina. Have him collaborate with Scott Fitter and you, David Tepper. Get the quarterback right. 
and let's go because this division is up for grabs, which is why the Carolina Panthers, namely David Tepper, cannot get this higher wrong. I hope it's not the last time we see, we see Steve Wilkes. I don't know how interested he is in other jobs. He wouldn't answer that question at all, no matter how the reporters here in Charlotte tried to phrase it. He was not having any of it on Monday afternoon. So I don't know what his future is, but I have a hard time imagining him here in Carolina as anything other than the head coach. And quite honestly, he deserves nothing less than being the head coach here in Carolina after the job that he did over the last 12 games of the season in 2022. All right, Scott Fitterer. Haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, how are things going with him? Is he going to be here long term? Is he going to get a chance to hire the next coach? And he also gave us a couple updates on some spots in the roster that need to be fixed. And also, man, some injury, bad luck there. Scott Fitterer, his exit interview, my reaction to that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The NFL season might be over for the Carolina Panthers, but it's never a bad time to continue to play prize picks. So how does prize picks work? You pick two to five players, so they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA Tour, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price fix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price fix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of the $100 when you download the price fix app or go to prizepicks.com today. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at TurboTax as it is tax season. Once again, go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes. A lullaby of hope not taxes. Sleeps through the night, grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset with TurboTax. An expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right, guaranteed, so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only. Video meeting while experts does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. It's been a while since we heard from Panthers general manager Scott Fitter and after Matt Rule was fired following the embarrassing 37-15 loss in week five against the San Francisco 49ers, a lot of folks are wondering, Scott Fitter, how much longer are you going to be here in Carolina and should you even be here in Carolina? Typically, how it goes for GM, they get two coaches now Fitterer came after rule and rule had more of the power and David Tepper talked about in the future that's not an arrangement that he would like to have which might mean some candidates <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh might be off the list here in Carolina but according to Jonathan Jones CBS Sports seems like Harbaugh's more interested in Carolina than Carolina is interested in Harbaugh but we'll see how that plays out here over the next couple uh, of weeks and maybe months here in Carolina. I don't think it'll be that long. They'll uh, figure it out sooner rather than later as far as the, uh, the head coach situation here in Carolina. But Scott Fitter, he's going to be here. You can question the trades. 
Now there's going to be a lot of conversation this offseason about a trade people think the Panthers should or should not make, but Scott Fitter is probably going to be in on that deal, and that deal is whether to trade the farm to trade up to number one with the Chicago Bears and draft a quarterback, and I would think it would probably be Bryce Young out of Alabama. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But Scott Fitter spoke to the media on Monday like Steve Wilkes and the players in their exit interviews, locker room clean-out day, following the conclusion of the 2022 season. He thanked the team. He said it was a long year, a trying year. They went through a lot that and that they never wavered. That group never gave up. They played hurt. They fought. They battled. They found ways, especially at the end, a fitting way after really not playing great offensively, being pretty bad, but then defensively making the right stops. And then at the end of the game, Sam Darnold with his legs and his arm at the end, Terrace Marshall, and then Eddie Pinheiro, who had gone through the challenge of missing against Atlanta. And as I mentioned, has made 18 straight to finish off the season. He concludes the season with a walk-off win, which right there just shows you how this team had plenty of chances to just give up, but they never did. He thinks that even though they only went 7-10, and 10, but 6-6, six and six, um, since Steve, Steve Wilkes took over, that this young team really gained a lot from playing meaningful football in December. No one's played in a playoff game other than Shaq Thompson and then maybe some of the other veterans who came here, of course, but no one really here in Carolina. And a lot of the young guys that you look at, like Brian Burns and Jeremy Chen, of course, J.C. Horn, who got injured and missed the last two games of the season. Those guys, D.J. Moore, they have not played in a playoff game. Taylor Moten. Yeah, Moten, I guess he did because he was here in 2017, but they haven't really been in those playoff moments and opportunities and playing meaningful football in December. Matt Rule preached that all the time, but he never got the team to the point where they were playing a meaningful game. Steve Wilkes had them there. So they can gain from that and going through all the obstacles. It only makes you stronger, and the team is learning how to win. It's one of the toughest things to do. And I know there's a lot of frustration from the fan base of why can't this team be consistent because they win, then they lose, and they win, then they lose, the whole yo-yo, but they always respond. And Brian Burns had said this on Monday when speaking to reporters that the true character of the team and that locker room was shown in their ability to finish the job and the win in New Orleans after really what was I thought was an atrocious game to watch in week 18 of the NFL season. And Scott Fitter absolutely believes that. Now, what is his role moving forward? That is for Scott Fitter as a general manager here in Carolina. He's going to stay on. David Tepper did not answer that question. Uh, among a lot of questions that he refused to answer when he went up to the podium and spoke after Matt Rule was fired, he didn't tell us why Matt Rule was fired. We know because Matt Rule went 11-27 and did a terrible job in trying to bring quarterbacks here, and it was very clear that Baker Mayfield was not the answer after five weeks. But Scott Fitter... He didn't get the same assurances of that he would be here. He didn't get any assurances, rather, because, I mean, his same assurances of Matt Rule, he would have been out the door, but he didn't get any of that. He was just not really regarded as, hey, will he be here? He, David Tepper didn't want to answer, uh, answer the question. But uh, Scott Fitter is still here in Carolina, and he is going to be involved in the process moving forward. That's what he said. He didn't really want to talk about his job, but he said he'll be involved in the process moving forward. How heavily involved will he be? I don't know. I'd imagine he should be heavily involved considering he's a general manager. How will the two report to David Tepper, I don't know. I know in Tennessee, um, Amy Adams Strunk, who is the uh, majority owner there for the Tennessee Titans, is going to have Mike Vrabel, the head coach, and then the new general manager report to her. So they're going to be kind of on a level playing field. Is that going to be the same case here in Carolina? Uh, who knows? Maybe David Tepper hopefully will speak to us here uh, shortly just to give us some sort of thoughts on how things are going. Or maybe he's just going to wait to hire a head coach, and that's probably the next time I hear from him. I don't know. Uh, but Scott Fitter will be involved. He said it's not going to be a large group of candidates, which makes you think, okay, Jim Caldwell, Steve Wilkes, those are two guys who are going to interview, and then they have to also interview another external minority candidate, maybe Gerard Mayo, who's going to get a lot of pub 
Maybe it's going to be D'Amico Ryans. So those are the two. Leslie Frazier, who checks the box as far as a veteran uh, NFL head coach who also a defensive guy. So maybe Leslie Frazier up in Buffalo gets an interview. So they're going to have to hire another, or they have to interview another minority candidate outside of just Jim Caldwell as far as externals go. Uh, but he wants to keep an open mind that they, they'll know who the right guy is when that person's in front of them, that they don't want to rush this process. And someone asked me on, on Friday in the weekly Friday mailbag, like, hey, how long should we expect to happen? Well, last year, the hirings were made in the last week of January, first week of February, in between the Super Bowl. And I would expect that would be the same case here this season in the NFL. As there's five openings, Carolina, Indianapolis, uh, Arizona opened up on Monday as Cliff Kingsbury, he was fired. Uh, who else was it? It was... Carolina, Houston, Indy, the Colts, and the Broncos. So five jobs currently open. It looks like only five jobs are going to be open uh, here in the NFL coaching search uh, cycle this year. So um, he wouldn't put a timetable on it. He did say that uh, Nicole Tepper, David Tepper's wife, will be involved. She is an executive for Tepper Sports and Entertainment and his wife, so it makes sense. You can question whether she's qualified or not. That's not really the direction I want to go. I don't really have any problem with that. Might as well get as many people in there to put their heads together and make sure that they get this coaching decision right. And Scott talked about the attractiveness of the job, saying you got a young team, the division's up for grabs, namely the fact that there's no dominant quarterback. Tom Brady, already seen Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, Monday morning quarterback, saying that Tom Brady is going to be a target for Josh McDaniel. And the brass out there in Las Vegas with the Raiders. So good luck to them. If they don't get him, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be their other target. Garoppolo is probably a target for the New York Jets as well with his relationship with uh, that staff that was previously in San Francisco. So we'll see how that works out. So if Brady's gone, what do the Bucks do? Lane Gabbert's obviously not their answer. We haven't seen Kyle Trask at all. You would have thought yesterday or on Sunday, this Tuesday on Sunday, that they could have put out Kyle Trask to see something. Atlanta, are they in love with Desmond Ritter? Do they take a quarterback? They're right ahead of Carolina. That's a team they got to be worried about possibly drafting one in the Saints. They don't have an answer either. So whoever gets a quarterback first in this division is going to be sitting in the catbird seat to take over and have control of it. And Carolina, as I had said, the thought, the hope was in year three, they were supposed to have a quarterback. And the roster's going to be to the point where they could compete. And you look back at it, had they had the right coach and the right quarterback, this would have been a playoff team this season, in my opinion. They might not have gone any far, but I thought they could have been a playoff team. So, also brings up the offensive line defense. He thinks it's going to be a very attractive job. I would certainly want this job over the Colts job because Ursay, that's concerned. Now, the ownership here is also concerned as well. Uh, look at Denver. I would want the Denver Broncos job for sure over this one. Um, the Cardinals job, mm, not really all that attractive to me. Houston, certainly not. So I look at the Broncos and the Panthers as the top two jobs in this hiring cycle. And I think that also speaks to just the terrible situations in Indianapolis and in Arizona and in Houston. So of all the mediocrity that we've been through since David Tepper got here and all the weirdness of it, the Panthers are actually in a pretty decent situation as far as this coaching cycle where they can probably get who they want and we'll see who that's going to be. Now, as far as the future of this team and the offense quarterback, Scott Fuhrman mentioned how it was unfortunate about Matt Corral, who of course injured his foot was out for the season, has not been able to practice or throw. He had been in the meeting rooms all year long, which is great to get those mental reps, but that certainly does not help the Carolina Panthers in their evaluation moving forward. Scott Fuhrman mentioned that the head coach will um, have to be decided first before making any, real decisions about the quarterback and that the head coach will be one of the lead drivers 
as far as what they decide to do. And when you look at it, Scott also mentioned, like, with quarterback, they wanted to be patient in building this roster. That year one, they wanted to build a defense. Year two, like we saw, they built the offense, a line. And then now they don't want to force quarterback decision, but they know eventually that they need to get that homegrown player that they draft and develop. It could be Matt Corral. It could be bringing back Sam Darnold. And, but he wants to keep all his options open. I certainly think the best option is at this point in time trading up. I don't know necessarily to number one, but trading up and getting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because I think that's the best path forward. And you did mention that Sam Darnold showed some growth. We saw that over the last six weeks of the season. But we also saw in the last two weeks why Sam Darnold just isn't a franchise quarterback in the NFL at this point in time. Maybe one day, but it's hard to see that coming to fruition considering what happened his first five years of his career. Uh, Scott Fitter also hasn't talked to any of the scouts yet about quarterbacks, so really can't. Uh, speaking any sort of absolutes on what they're going to do and what direction they're going to go in. He does feel like the offensive line group is something they can build on, that they did a great job building on that, and that they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Now, speaking of the offensive line, now three major um, guys on that line, Bradley Bozeman, first of all, is uh, a free agent. Fitterer said that he was a great addition and that would like him back, that Bradley wants to be back. And he's also he's, – he, he said he's a part of our future. So – they want him back. Bradley said he wants to be back. And Fitter went out and said he's a part of our future. So hearing that, Bradley Bozeman absolutely looks like he's going to be back here in Carolina as a starting center, as long as the Panthers get things done. Now, he didn't say too much about Deontay Foreman and whether he would be back. He didn't want to give too much away as far as personnel goes, but he said he was a good addition. So we'll see if there's anything to that. Uh, as far as other offensive linemen, though, Austin Corbett, bad news, I told y'all after the game on Sunday that the game really outside of Steve Wilson getting a win to add to his resume, not all that much importance to it. Didn't really concern myself over the draft position where they would be, whether they won or lost, but Austin Corbin and Brady Christensen both getting injured. That was a concern going to the off season, especially if they were serious. And for Corbett, it is very serious. He tore his ACL. And he had said to reporters in the locker room that, you know, everything you don't want to happen in week 18, that's what happened to him where he tore his ACL. Scott Fitter says he thinks he can be right back or he can be back right around the start of the season. I don't know. It's hard. It's going to be about eight, nine months to see it. And the reality is when guys suffer these kind of injuries, there's been exceptions, but typically when guys suffer these kind of injuries, they're just not going to be their same self. So it's going to be very hard to think you're going to get the Austin Court we got this year at all in 2023 probably got to wait until 2024 which means a guy like Cade Mays is gonna have to step up and he did on Sunday he's gonna have to step up and play well and what does that mean for Corbett's future as he only signed a three-year deal and if Cade Mays plays well next year while Corbett is still trying to get back to up to speed do they move off of from him and just stick with a younger guy I don't know we'll see how it works out but awful news to hear that from Austin Corbin especially awful news for an offensive line that had a great continuity it was excellent this year and in Brady Christensen uh, he fractured his ankle. Brady was hoping uh, it, would be a clean, it would be a clean break. Don't know anything about that yet on the MRI, but he fractured his left ankle. Uh, something that should not be as serious as Corbett. Should be good to go. Don't have too much concern about that, but also something that you just don't want to see having your guys rehab during the offseason opposed to, you know, kind of working out and getting back to uh, shape and being ready to go come training camp. So two important updates there as, as it pertains to the offensive line. As far as the rest of free agency goes – Scott Fitter said that this is the year where they can take some shots on some dynamic players, some explosive players that they built the basics the last two years, that being the offensive line, that being the defense, and really focusing on those two areas. Now is the time they can take a shot. And he said the salary cap, it's lower as far as the space that they have, 
but a lot of guys are already under the under contract, like the offensive linemen, like some of the defensive players, like, of course, DJ Moore. So they're not too concerned about that. Except they're in good shape as far as cap standpoint-wise, and there's always ways to maneuver it, and they will do that, as we've seen the last two years, restructuring deals, got a lot of cap space in 2024 and 2025, so probably going to push some things down the road further and try to help bring some positions. Now, as far as positional priorities, what are those? Well, Scott Fitter said, can always get some more speed at linebacker. Frankie Louvu had a great year. Shaq Thompson, someone who we'll talk about whether he is back because the Carolina Panthers can save a lot of money by deciding to cut Shaq Thompson or they can rework his deal at all. Not restructure, but renegotiate, rather, his deal. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, pass catching tight end, of course. Uh, vertical wide receiver threat. They need someone else. It can't just be DJ and Terrace Marshall going to next season. They got to bring somebody else in who's proven and it can help this team, especially with the deep ball. He also said adding another pass rusher opposite of Brian Burns, something that they failed to do this past offseason. Can't do that again. Got to find someone. They never were able to replace Hassan Reddick, even though they got better towards the end of the season. Need to find somebody opposite of Brian Burns. And he also brought up a ball hawk in the secondary. J.C. Horn's going to be back. He did say that Dante Jackson will be back. Keith Taylor, though, who didn't even start on Sunday. Josh Norman played a ton of snaps instead of Keith Taylor. That's an indictment on him moving forward. Uh, whether Wilkes is the, co the coach here or not, obviously C.J. Henderson, there's no way they're going to exercise his fifth-year option. they got to find someone else out there at corner in the event that J.C. or Dante go out again for the rest of the season with an injury. Got to have some sort of depth there that you could actually rely on moving forward. And it also said they would make some tweaks to the defense here this offseason. So a big offseason for Scott Fitterer and his Panthers organization. And good to hear uh, some of his thoughts on where this team is and where he uh, rates this job as a first off need to hire the coach before making any sort of big decisions moving forward here. All right. So talk about what Steve Wilkes had to say, what Scott Fitterer had to say. What do some of the players have to say as they're now looking ahead to the offseason and their rehab and what 2023 may hold for them, whether they're in Carolina or not? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from the NFL playoffs to the NBA season. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday wasn't just a day to hear from Steve Wilkes or Panthers general manager Scott Bitter, but it was also the last time the media would be in front of some of these players, maybe ever here in Carolina, as there's plenty of guys who are free agents and some guys who may be back, some guys who won't be back, and We'll talk about all of that moving forward here throughout the offseason on Locked On Panthers. But starting off, Eddie Pinheiro, who, as I mentioned multiple times on the show and in the last couple of weeks, had an awful day in Atlanta. I felt like he should walk back 
up uh, I-85 north to Charlotte just to go through the pain. or Not walk back, but drive back and have to go through the pain that many have to suffer when they're trying to go between Atlanta and Charlotte on that awful highway, especially right in the upstate of South Carolina right before you get to Spartanburg. Like, good God, they got to get that figure. And Matt Rule said, yeah, like our offensive line, uh, I-85 is under construction. Yeah, Matt, it's been under construction our entire life like your Carolina Panthers team would have been had you stayed here. Thank God he did not stick around. Um, but Eddie Pinheiro said he has not had any conversation regarding his future with the Panthers, uh, but he said he would love to be back here. I don't know where I stand right now. As Zane Gonzalez is under contract, I got to go look at what his figures are. Zane was really good for the Panthers during the 2021 season. Eddie Pinheiro, sands that one afternoon in Atlanta, was really good for the Carolina Panthers. So what do you do? You have a kicker who's been injured twice in a row now in Zane Gonzalez. Do you just stick with Pinheiro? Do you have a competition? That probably makes the most sense. Or do you stick with one? I don't know. But we'll talk about that uh, here shortly and probably the next couple of days as I continue to look ahead to this offseason. Uh, J.C. Horn, of course, who had a wrist injury, he said it was a clean break, which is great. That means he's going to recover well. No issues there. Didn't need to have any kind of – he had surgery, but nothing really too concerned about that moving forward. Uh, of course, fingers crossed. Knock on wood, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he did say that uh, he could have had the opportunity to play if the Panthers had gone to the postseason. He could have put on um, a club. So he didn't get the chance. So we'll never know. But he said he thought he had the opportunity to play had the Panthers gone to the, the postseason. But it's kind of better that they did in a way that JC can just get healthy. And hopefully in year three, he can, you know, completely stay healthy. Missed some time with a hip injury earlier in the year, missed two games, and then missed the final two games. So only played four only uh, missed four games, so he played 13 of the 17 games this past year. Would love for that to be 17 out of 17, but hell, it's the NFL. Not everybody's going to be able to play every week. It's a physical game. It's football, and we certainly saw that last week. So we'll see how that works out. Dante Jackson, who Scott Fitter said will be back. He uh, had an Achilles tear. He is in a, he's getting his boot off next week. He said he'll be 100% ready to go by training camp. Like with Austin Corbett, that's an injury where it's very hard for me to see Dante Jackson being the same action Jackson that we've seen in his career. So why it makes it even more important that the Carolina Panthers, like Scott Fitter said, go get a ball hawk in a secondary because you're going to need somebody. You can't rely on Keith Taylor. You certainly cannot rely on CJ Henderson. You got to get another guy who you can depend on to help out Dante. If Dante gets off to a slow start, who's not ready to go or to help out J.C. Horn, whatever it is, you need to get somebody else. you got to get a third corner because the Carolina Panthers do not have one that's reliable at all right now here in Charlotte. And as far as as Bradley Bozeman, as Scott Fitter mentioned, he had a good conversation with Bradley on Monday saying that he wants to be here, that he wants Bradley there here in Carolina. He said that he's a part of our future. Bradley Bozeman said to me that he – His wife loves Charlotte, um, that they want to stay with the Panthers, but also understands the business aspect of the league, and he'll be a free agent. And I think teams should be interested because not very often do you see good centers available, especially guys coming off a a good season and healthy. So it's two years in a row where Bradley Bozeman, a solid center option in the NFL, is, is healthy and ready to go and is a viable option for a lot of teams. Carolina Panthers, one of their top priorities, has to be bringing back Bradley Bozeman for next season. Deontay Foreman. Wants to return to Carolina. Um, he's told everyone in the building to bring me back. That's what he said. I don't necessarily know how I feel about this right now. If y'all listen to the show and watch me on Twitter, you know that I believe all running backs deserve seven twenty-five an hour. That's federal minimum wage. I think you can get the same production out of a guy that you can draft. Foreman's been great. Had he not got ran from the game on Sunday, maybe he runs for 1,000 yards on the season. Loved his contribution. I just don't know how much I'm willing to pay him, which is not a lot of money at all. 
to be honest with you. So we'll have to see who the head coach is, what their philosophy is. If it's still Steve Wilkes, I would imagine he's back. If it's not Steve Wilkes, then I could see him being exp- expendable. As well as he ran the football this year, it's the running back position, and I'm just really not trying to give a running back any money, more than just like a rookie deal, to be honest with you all. So maybe my mindset changes, but probably not. Sam Darnold, though, he said it's too early to give a definitive answer on his future with Carolina. Um, so just saying he said, we'll see. He's got to talk to his agent. He's got to figure out, you know, what he wants to do. Someone had asked him, I think it was Steve Reed of the AP, was asking him, hey, would you be cool coming back here if they draft a quarterback in the first round or would you, like, rather leave? And, of course, Darnold would make his decision before that happens most likely, just knowing that the quarterback market's going to play out early. He does not want to wait until May before making the decision. So he didn't really have an answer for that, but he's going to talk to his agent and we'll see. I would be totally fine with Sam coming back as a backup, as someone to push the rookie, but I just don't see him as a guy who needs to be the bridge for like another 17-game season for the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see. But I appreciate his contributions over the last six weeks and the kind of teammate that he was because you, you can say a lot about Sam Brown, and I certainly have, but that he's a solid dude it seems like. And he went out there, he battled his tail off, he made a lot of mistakes, but you got to respect the way the guy handled himself while being here in Carolina with the Panthers. And then Josh Norman, I was surprised that he played a lot on Sunday. Um, really was, considering what is his future in the league, not just Carolina. Is he ever going to play again? And maybe Steve Wilkes is like, all right, Josh, you're a great dude. You were here before. You understand our DNA. And I, I watched an atrocity last week. Hell, I want to finish the job. I'm trying to win this game. Go out there. And also, this might be your swan song. It could be. Josh Norman says that he uh, knows that he still can play football. He, uh, he would love to be back somewhere in the NFL. He I looked at his numbers in San Francisco. He seemed like he was a good player last season. Why he was not on any roster, I don't really know. Should he be back here in Carolina? He said if he came back, he would be someone who would be here to mentor. I don't think he's really coming back. I think he's going to be in a role where he's going to be the guy. I could be talked into Josh Norman being kind of that, like player coach, taking up a roster spot maybe. I don't know quite yet. But uh, I'd be curious to see what happens to Josh Norman. I would also be totally fine if he said, yeah, I'm going to retire as a Panther and if he announces that, like, tomorrow. like Because I'd be cool with that as well. But either way, it was, in a way, cool to see Josh Norman back. But it might also be the last time we ever see him. I don't know. All right, so that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, be sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. Looking at the rest of the week, weekly Friday mailbag going to be on Friday. Probably going to do a postmortem on the season tomorrow. Use today to kind of react to what some of the players had to say. But we can look at the season in totality on tomorrow's episode. Then I'm thinking on Thursday, since there's no more crossover, probably going to do my off-season to-do list as I look at some of the contracts in the roster, some of the needs, and what are the top priorities, what are some of the tough decisions that the Panthers have to make, namely Scott Fitter, David Tepper, and whoever the head coach becomes here in Carolina. So looking at post-mortem tomorrow, Thursday checklist, which will be updated throughout the off-season, and then Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag. So just a little bit of what's to come the rest of the week here on Locked on Panthers. But until then, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Wednesday.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.